Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is April 24th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me blog. We're going to be studying Exodus chapter 24 and then chapters 31 through 34. So we're going to talk a lot about the covenants that God is trying to make. There's going to be some information about the tabernacle in here. We're going to get the story of the golden calf, which is probably one of my favorite scripture stories, just because I find it really funny. (laughs) Aaron's response is classic, and I love it. But there is a ton to study this week, and I'm so excited to jump into it with you. But before we jump into the Old Testament, there's a scripture that I really want to read that I think applies to what we're going to be reading and studying all week, really, about Moses and about what he was trying to do for the children of Israel. This scripture is found in Doctrine and Covenants section 84, starting in verse 23, and then we'll read some previous verses as well. It says, Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. So I love here this additional insight into Moses that we get from Latter-day Scripture. And here it teaches us that Moses was so focused on helping his people become sanctified so that they could see the face of God, so that they could be brought into his presence. And today we're going to see how he was trying to do that. In fact, starting in verse one, we're going to see kind of a symbol of that a little bit. It says, and he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. So let's get a mental picture of what this was really looking like. Remember, this is about a two-mile hike each way. And so here at the base of Mount Sinai, the bulk of the children of Israel are going to be, and they're going to be watching and waiting. But he's going to take Aaron and Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 other elders. And he's going to take them partway up. So we've got the bulk of the children of Israel at the base. We have 70 plus people about halfway up the mountain. And then Moses alone is going to go to the top of Mount Sinai to commune with the Lord. Do you see how Moses is trying to bring the people up with him? Eventually, later in this chapter, Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 are going to have the opportunity to go up and to have an experience with the Lord. But Moses's goal, his purpose here is to get all his people face to face with the Lord so that they could experience what he has been experiencing. And we're going to see exactly how he wants to do that today. Let's go back to Doctrine and Covenants section 84 and see what we learn there about Moses's attempts to bring the people into the presence of the Lord. Starting in verse 20, it says, Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, meaning the ordinances of the gospel, the power of godliness is manifest. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto the children of men in the flesh. And so we learn that it's through the ordinances of the gospel that we gain power to be able to come unto Christ, to come to know him. And that's exactly what Moses is trying to accomplish here in this chapter. 
He wants to help the children of Israel receive ordinances to obtain the power of godliness. So let's take a look at how he does that. In Exodus 24, verse 3, it says, And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. Now, there are several things in this verse that I think are really neat and worth studying. First of all, Moses comes, he tells the people all the words that the Lord speaks. He goes and he tells them everything that he's heard, all the words. But then notice it also says that he shares with them all the judgments, meaning he doesn't just share with them all the doctrine, but he also shares with them everything that they need to do everything that they are going to be accountable for, all the doctrine and all the commandments. And then notice once he does that, it says, all the people answered with one voice. The unity with which they are learning and expressing their agency is just really, really neat here. And it reminds me, I know I've referenced it before, but it reminds me of the people of King Benjamin when they hear the words and they cry aloud with one voice, professing their belief in Christ and their desire to follow him and to do good continuously. We see that same unity here with the children of Israel. They hear the doctrine of the Lord. They hear their commandments and their responsibilities. And then all together, they cry aloud with one voice that they have a desire to do what the Lord is asking. And notice specifically, they say, all the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. All the words which he says. They don't try to pick and choose their obedience. They don't say, you know what, the first couple commandments sounded great, but I still kind of want to lie a little. So I'm going to avoid that commandment. But everything else sounds really great. I'll, I'll obey all of that. All the words of the Lord they will do. Now, keep in mind, they're not going to be perfect. We know we've heard the stories of the children of Israel. They're not perfect. They're not going to be perfect. You and I, in our attempts to follow God, we're not going to be perfect. But we should have the same attitude that we want to follow the Lord completely, that we don't want to pick and choose the pieces of the gospel that we're comfortable with, but that we want to be all in in following God. This is their part of the covenant, their willingness to obey and to follow God. What I love here is the symbolism that we can pull with the covenants that we make. When we take the sacrament each and every Sunday, are we thinking this same thing? I know we strive to think about Christ, and I know we strive to keep our mind on him and his sacrifice and our repentance, but do we have the same attitude Do we take the sacrament thinking all the words which the Lord hath said, I will do? Are we reaffirming that commitment to our covenant when we take the sacrament each and every week? I want to do that more. I feel like my experience taking the sacrament will be more powerful if I can keep that covenant in mind and actually reaffirm my commitment to my covenant every time I take the sacrament. So after they say this, Moses decides he better make sure that the children of Israel understand all the things that God actually is asking of them. And so he writes down all the words of the Lord, and then he builds an altar and he goes before the people and a sacrifice is made. 
and he reads the book of the covenant. He reads all the words of the Lord to the people to reaffirm with them everything that the Lord is asking of them. And then they reaffirm all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. I love their enthusiasm. And I love the symbolism here because after the sacrifice, Moses sprinkles some blood on the altar to symbolize to them that the sacrifices on the altar really are to point us towards Jesus Christ. But then when they reaffirm their covenant that they're going to do everything that's asked of them, he sprinkles blood on them as well. And he does this to show them that they could receive the blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ through and because of the covenant that they made, through and because of the promises that they make to try to follow God and to be obedient. My friends, our covenants grant us access to the atonement of Jesus Christ, not just to forgiveness of sin. I feel like we understand that very well, how the atonement cleanses us from sin. But my friends, our covenants give us access to every aspect of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Elder Bednar says it this way, Most of us clearly understand that the atonement is for sinners. I am not so sure, however, that we know and understand that the atonement is also for saints, good men and women who are obedient, worthy, and conscientious, who are striving to better become and serve more faithfully. We may mistakenly believe that we must make the journey from good to better and become a saint all by ourselves. The atonement of the Savior is not simply about avoiding the bad in our lives. It is also essentially about doing and becoming good. The atonement provides help for us to overcome and avoid bad and to do and become good. The enabling power of the atonement of Christ strengthens us to do things we could never do on our own. My friend, I testify that it is our covenants that gives us access to the atonement of Jesus Christ not just to avoid the bad, but to strengthen us and to build the good. That is the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.